Um, so um, we have been talking. Come on, come on up here. We have been talking about. Um, I remember you. We have been talking about um, just how we experience um, the Holy Spirit in, in real life, in real time. Um, in, in, and there's just uh, lots of ways. It's like, how do you experience your mom? Well, she cooks for me. She leaves me food in the refrigerator. You know, and there's like a gazillion different ways um, that she comforts us and talks to us and wisdom and teach. And just and Holy Spirit is like that. That's kind of the best thing. And so this class is about um, us remembering. Um, I like what the woman said last week in church. Maybe it was two weeks ago. She said, "I realize it's not Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." And the Holy Spirit is is God's provision to us. And he said when he left, look, I'm doing you a favor. It's better that I go. Get it, it's better than I go. And so this class is to stir us up together in making relationship with the Holy Spirit accessible, not theoretical. I think that's maybe the best thing we can do. And we're going to stumble, and we might not have good answers to people about things that happen, but they didn't have good answers in the New Testament either. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, it's like, I don't know why I did that. And, you know, we're just, we're going to go with it. So um, we like to just share stories of stuff that happened. And you had a story last week, um, but I want you to tell it now because okay. we, didn't, we didn't get a chance last week. So introduce okay. yourself and then. Uh, my name is Sarah Joe Brinson. Um, we're visiting. Here I am. <laughs> Here, you get the mic too. Okay. All right. See, I don't even hold it for you. Anymore. Okay. Um, I've got trust issues. Yeah. I, mine is, I think, kind of just a story, kind of the humor that the spirit can have in leading us. Because um, I was at the grocery store, had my Kroger coupons. One of them was for fried chicken or rotisserie chicken, and I was tempted to buy it because I didn't want to mess with the raw chicken I had at home. But. Um, so I had saved it while I was checking out. I was in a hurry, needing to get home, hungry kids, and I smelled fried chicken. Smelled it, smelled it, smelled it. And so I looked over, and there was a man digging in his pockets, and all he had was fried chicken. Digging in his pockets, trying to find, get in, make sure he had enough money to buy his fried chicken. And so I said, oh. And so I, you know, got in. I said, you know, hold on, I've got a coupon you know, for fried chicken. He kind of looked at me, and so I went over. Well. Yeah, I kind of handed it to him and he kind of shook his head and so I was gonna I can do it on the screen Well, it was all in Spanish <laughs> And so I you know, so then and I know just I said, you know, okay, I said so and he goes what I said I said hold on because I didn't know any more than asking what is this? Um, I wouldn't have known the answer if he had answered me anyway um, You know, so I was like no 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 um, And so you know, so I just kind of started pushing some buttons and, and I'm like, oh Dear God, why did you have me try to share my little coupon? And he doesn't understand me, and I don't understand him. Um, but we got it, got it taken care of. He got his fried, ch but fried chicken. But then I also kind of afterward thought, I wish that I had been ready to just grab my card and just buy his fried chicken to just be ready for that instead of just saying, "Well, I have a coupon," because I knew that he didn't have the money for it. But so I kind of stepped up. Um, but I think just in that, I loved that we didn't have to speak the same language, that God was still able to use me to help him. And just, oh, it was just kind of fun, too, without, you know, because 
you know, he said, gracias, I said, de nada, because we could do that. But just, you know, the smile on his face, you know, kind of, and I couldn't say anything else, but just to give him that coupon today. That's so. great. That's awesome. That's, That's great. Right there. Okay. Um, so we are learning different techniques to um, not that the Holy Spirit needs techniques but we sometimes need tools to do things we need we need starters you know once you get started it's like okay you know you learn how to dance and then all of a sudden you kind of and off you, you know you're just dancing and you kind of forgot the two-step thing um, and so uh, one of the things I like to do is to is to trick us into hearing Holy Spirit not trick us but but use things so here's one thing that we do and that is Paul says we should um, we should speak to one another, and and he uses the word prophecy, but we can't use that in this day and age because it sounds like guys in robes saying, "Thus saith the Lord," and that's just too hard. So so we used to say, "God has compliments." God has compliments to give people. Um, last time we talked about who was not here last time. Okay, so last time we talked about. Um, it says in First Corinthians fourteen. It says that when we prophesy, we speak to one another. For edification, consolation, and something else. Yeah, the three words. I know the three Greek words. That's the only three Greek words I know in the whole New Testament. But, but so it's oikidomo, building up the family house. Parakaleo, which is the Holy Spirit called the paraclete, which is running next to the marathon runner at the end of the marathon, going, come on, come on, you can do it, come on. It's right there. You know, it's that, it's that word. It's, it's an actual um, concept back then. And then paramuthio, which is to whisper sweetly in the ear. And so what God says to us is, if you ask me, I will give you things to say to people that they need to hear, that are encouraging to them, that, that are those things. That's what New Testament prophecy is. And I will give you things to say, and if you'll work with me on it, I'll give you things to say that stop them dead in their tracks. In other words, we grow into it. We grow into hearing. We, and so we start just very simply by, by practicing that with people we see, with whatever. Just say, Holy Spirit, do you have anything to say? So, so Mary Beth? Sarah Jo. Mary Jo, okay. Sarah so, Jo. Barry? Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Joe. Yes. Can we pray for your hearing? Oh, now there's ringing. Hello. Yes. Um, so this is what we did last time. We're going to do this this time. So come stand right, okay. right here so everybody can see you. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to just look at Sarah Joe for just a minute. And then, um, the, hey, come on in. Exile. Then, then um Close your eyes and just say, Holy Spirit, what's one nice thing uh, I should say to her? What's one nice thing about her that you like, okay? Is everybody ready? And just don't analyze. The first thing that pops into your head, just kind of go with that, okay? Unless it's like, gee, I'm hungry and I need pizza. Okay, then maybe you should go to the next thing. But Okay, ready? Okay, take a look at her. Just look at her and ask Holy Spirit, what's the, what's the thing you'd like to say to her? You loved him. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't even have to be things about the situation. Why was God as pleased with you? How does it control you? Fun. Warrior. Yeah, go ahead. Warrior. Warrior. Wasn't that fun? 
Yeah. Yeah. Mine is there. Mm, fun. I don't think it was uh, that there wasn't a mistake about the language barrier. But that was actually not only fun, but it's getting caught in the words. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's good. See, I think you're an addict in the making. Yeah. You are. <laughs> you are. See, when you were talking, your eyes are like. I love this stuff, yes. you know, and you are an addict. And God says, look, yes. th- there's actually the word in scripture when it says, look for deacons who are given to ministry. That word given actually means addicted no. to ministry. It's an, and you're an addict. And that's a wonderful Thank thing. You. So bless Thanks. you. Bless you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just um, feel here with more and more and more adventures where she doesn't know what to do, but she knows who's going to do it with her. Thank you for her. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. That is awesome. Um, Come back. Hit the B. Hit the B? The B. The B on B key. I never knew that. You blank the screen so you don't blind people. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Just hang around there, Gil. Thank you. (laughs) What would I do without Jeannie? Uh, (laughs) Um, That's my question. Yeah, no. Uh, So we talked about last time that there are lots of ways that God speaks to us, lots of things that come at us in our lives, and at some point it has to it it has to come into a place where we we think about it, right? We have to go, oh, that this is that, because we have to make a decision about it. So it has to get into our cognitive mind. It typically doesn't start there; it starts someplace else, often in our spirit, and so. To be safe, we learn how to use the word in the sense of peace, not, not I'm not scared peace, but the sense of I'm spitless scared, but I, I feel like I should do it. You know, kind of like, okay, I got a coupon, I'm going to walk in, and I have no idea what's going to happen after the, you know, after the coupon comes out. And, and Holy Spirit goes, isn't this fun? You know, exactly what you said, isn't this fun? Isn't this? And so... So that's the kind of where we are with that. Um, and so we discern then, but discern sounds way more scientific than how messy it is out in real life. So revelation, interpretation, application. We're just saying, okay, I've got a chicken. There's a guy looking for chicken. Revelation, I should do something. Interpretation, I'm going to walk over and do the coupon application. I'm going to, you know, just zoop, and off you went, okay? If we analyze too much, we chicken out. You know, typically here we go, uh, must not be God. Um, so I had a fun story. I was up in Detroit. I met with 50 African-American pastors up in Detroit this week who were picketing City Hall over some fees that they have to pay. And so in my engineering world, um, th- that's what I was doing. So I was brought in by the city of Detroit to help sort out the situation and they promised these pastors they'd bring in this out-of-town guy so there i am so i walk into this big catholic cathedral and i'm early and people are bustling around setting up for this meeting and i'm standing in the back and there's this african-american pastor sitting by himself at a round table he'd come early too and i'm just watching watching and there's just like this sort of a pull in his dress and i just kind of look and i just kind of look and you know no words no spotlight no angel you know just just kind of a I think I'll go sit down with him and just chat. So we sit and chat. 
Well, it's not five minutes and we're doing fist pumps. I mean, it's just, I tell him, yeah, I used to be a, a DJ on, on black radio in Mississippi. And he goes, yeah, you're like, why do so white boys? I said, I am, I'm a Minnesotan. I mean, you know, look, I didn't know, I didn't even know an African-American until I was in college. You know, I never even saw one. And so it's like, oh, we, and so we get talking, we're laughing. And then somebody else sees the fun and sits, uh, Dr. Viola. She's got sparkly hair and big dress and she's talking. And then another woman sits down, Stancy sits down. And we're, we're just carrying on. We are, we are laughing, sharing, start talking about life. Um, so now the room's starting to fill up with these pastors. And we're over there just being rude. I mean, just having fun. And everybody's kind of looking and, you know, who's that guy? You know, and, I mean, and it was just, is really a lot of fun. And Stancy's son, do you know Terminal Coffee? Has anybody gone to, there's a place in East Nashville apparently called Terminal Coffee. He owns that. Khalil owns that. And so we have conspired so I said, look, we should do like one of those Pentecostal prophecy things. So you tell me stuff about Khalil that no one should know, and then I'll walk in. Because she said, and he never calls me. I said, look, I'll walk in, and, and I'll, I'll like say, wait. You know, and, and then the other guy goes, no, no, you got to go like this. <laughs> and so we are just being conspiratorial, and it is hilariously funny. And so I, I have an assignment to go do that now to Khalil. And she's going to ask me about it next time I'm up there. And... Uh, so when I stand up, it's like, come on, brother. It's, it's like, and all of a sudden I realize in Holy Spirit created space for peace to be made in this room. And took literally whitest of white people in the whole room by far, no question about it. And, and created this connection where everybody in the room as they came in saw us carrying on and laughing and fist bumping. So when I stood up to speak, it's like... He's good. He's good, man. He's good. So I could say hard things and I could say true things and whatever. And, and so it's like, it's like 360 degree glory and favor and fun everywhere. Just with one, started with just one little thing. And so I just think the Holy Spirit wants us to cheat at meetings. He wants us to, to succeed in, in whatever we do. My mom does. Why wouldn't Holy Spirit want us to do that? Um, so, um, there, we also talked about there's uncertainty but not risk, right? I, wasn't, I didn't know what I was going to do when I sat down with that guy. You didn't know what you are going to do. We, we, we don't know the outcome of those things. Um, Jesus, you know, the woman comes at the well. I don't know if Jesus, like, got the whole thing played in front of him. He just he went with what Holy Spirit was giving him. He operated like we should operate, okay? He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he did the works he saw the Father currently doing. He wants us to operate that way, to do the things that he currently sees the Father doing. And so it's this real-time relationship that can be messy, and it's never by the numbers. It's just exciting. It's, it's, and stuff happens, and we are as typically as shocked as you know, whoever else is in the room. We're like, wow, I never thought that would happen. So, so there's uncertainty, but there's not risk. In other words, when we're following God, then, um, so we already did that. Um, okay, so there is, um, what was I going to do here? Oh, yeah. Um, yep. So when we ask the question, um, what is maybe one of the biggest hindrances to this happen? So I do a, a nonprofit ministry with a lot of prayer counseling and, and stuff like that. Um, and we're going to get that stirred up a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> and the next 15-week session, 
it, we're going to come at Holy Spirit from the verse that says, if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you'll live. So we're going to talk about the, the part of the Holy Spirit that has to do with, with helping us in, in the hard stuff in our life. Okay? And so there's a book on that here, that, and just pass this around. Um, you don't have to buy it. You don't even have to look at it. I just want you to know that there's a book that, that, <clears throat> that we've written, um, and it's gotten around some places. Um, and we're going to be using some things out of that, but we're going to go far and wide from that book, and who knows what we'll do, okay? But, but that's the plan. And the co-author, Jen, is going to be here. Um, the Kegels are going to, you know, it's, a, it's all as a team, and I'm hoping Jeannie and Mike get some chances to teach. And some of you, it's going to be a lot of popcorn as well. It's, this is, you know, kind of a family getting together. But, okay, so, I, so this is what I want you to do. We're going to do a little exercise real quick. So close your eyes. And when I say the phrase, God the Father, what picture, thought, memory pops into your head? The first thing, God, when I say God the Father. Okay, go ahead and open your eyes. Just popcorn, just different, different things that pop up. Picture, there's, there isn't a wrong answer, by the way. A picture of your dad? Uh, how'd that feel? Is that good? Is that a good picture? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Anybody else? This is weird. I had a rocking chair. A rocking chair? Okay. <laughs> I don't see a face. I see like a white robe and some old, older hands. Uh huh. White robe and older hands. No, that's good. A long white beard. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a and Uh huh. And where were you in that picture? Were you in the picture anywhere? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, I'm going to need that back. I, I'm going to read something out of it in a minute. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I just realized I was going to pass around after I read that thing out of it. So that's funny. Anybody else want to share what their picture is? On his knees. On his knees? Mm hmm. I was on You were on his knees. Yep. A lot of times, um, there's the the thing about the Trinity is sort of like, and, and I think you nailed the thing I was going to say is that so many people, their picture of the authority figure in their life, typically their father, colors their picture of Father God. They're just kind of it, because that's the earliest imprinting that we had. And, and if there was, were, it doesn't matter, no father is as perfect as Father God, so it doesn't matter actually how good they were, they still aren't Father God. But, but that's a picture. And so when we try to approach Father God, we come from a, a place of a certain picture that we have. And, and if there's a distance, if there's, then we feel that same sort of a distance with Father God. We feel that, that same feeling. And so then that hinders us in a, because Holy Spirit points to Jesus, Jesus points to the Father, and eventually Christianity is about, uh, is about a father who lost all his kids is going after him. But we don't always see Father God that way. There's out, there's, so there's, there's lots of different pictures in my counseling stuff. These are kind of the most common ones you see. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
you know, I see somebody who's, you know, kind of, you know, it's like some, somebody once said, it's like Jesus is standing in front of him saying, no, don't kill him. I died for him. You know, it's like, really? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's that. But, but we get kind of stingy or, or if your dad was, was uninvolved, then he's kind of distant. And, and, but the idea that, that he's far different from that ends up being a real hindrance to our ability and even our desire to get close to him. The one thing Holy Spirit cries out inside of us, the one thing is Abba Father, right? I mean, if you ask Holy Spirit, what's the most important message that you say to people every day? And it would be Abba Father. It would be, call him Daddy, call him Daddy. Um, so, Craig, will you come up here and read something for me? Sure. Very good. <coughs> um, so start right here and read to the end of all of that, okay? okay. So this is a picture that Father God himself gives us about who he is. Okay? So ready, go. You, the one whose fears are all numbered, the one whose thoughts are all known before you even think of him, and whose life was carefully considered before your birth, the one whom the Father thinks about more times each day than there are grains of the sand on the seashore, that one, you are his favorite. He wants to spoil you. If you could, we wish you would close your eyes and just listen. Maybe you can do that and still read. Everything you are about to read is straight from the Scripture, straight from the heart of Papa God. It's but a brief enumeration of the overwhelming evidence of Papa God's love for you. How do I love thee, he says? Let me count the ways. If you imagine God the Father as a distant, angry, even abusive... Let him change your mind about his goodness. Let him convince you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know where you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the hair, very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been mis misrepresented by those who don't know me. Shall I stop yeah, there? No, keep going I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. It is my desire to lavish my love upon you. Simply because you are my child and I am your father, I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plans for your future have always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are as countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. You are my treasured possession. I desire to establish, establish you with all my heart and with all my soul. I want to show you great and marvelous things. 
If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you can possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as, even as I love my Son. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you and not against you, and I tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I've always been father and will always be father. I am waiting for you. Love your dad, almighty God. Every one of those statements had a scripture backing it as a reference point. Thanks. Boy, wouldn't you love to get a letter like that? Okay, you can pass, oh, okay. pass that around. Um, and every one of those is written down. Every one of those is in this, see, ooh, there's a lot of red eyes. See, I couldn't have read that. I would be ball like a baby. Um, because I didn't have those things growing up. I don't know if you did, but I, I definitely did not. I came from an alcoholic family. It was pretty, pretty rough growing up. And so those words are really precious to me, those things, because you go, ah. And so over the years, I have practiced in my, in my prayer time, meditation time, I, I started out where, um, so I'm real visual, so I, I, would, I would imagine myself in a market, but I was going to go see God the Father. And so the market was all the distractions. I'd, I'd say, no, 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 no. And then I finally get to the temple, you know, I'd be stepping over people. I mean, I'm like, it's taken me this long <laughs> to go see God. And then I get in there and it's almost like the, you know, knock, knock, the Wizard of Oz. Hello, you know, who's there? And, and I, so I finally kind of get in to see Father God. And then over uh, maybe a year, I just heard him say, why are you taking all this time? I'm waiting. It's like, oh. So I began over time to believe that he wanted me there. And then one time he goes, um, oh, stop it. He goes, why do you ever leave? I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like this question of, do you think I don't want to be with you? Do you think I, God the Father, I, I'm not the guy on a big throne with the big, I could be if I wanted to, but that's not who I choose to be. I choose to live inside of you. I'm like the best dad ever, and I want to do adventures with you. Um, if you read about the calling of every single person in the Old Testament, every single one, at some place in the calling, when they're asking questions about it, God answers this. He says, I will be with you. That's a, you know, to Moses, God finally goes, will you stop? I'll be with you. And Jesus said, lo, I'll be with you always. And so there's this sense where 
God never has never sent anyone to Africa as a missionary. Never. Ooh, now you go, wait, ooh, wait. Um, but what he has said is, I am going to Africa. Do you want to come? Right? He says, look, I'm going to do this. Do you want to do it? I'm going to do Made in the Streets. Do you, do, I'll show you how it's going to work. Do you want to start in on that with me? I'm, I'm going to give a coupon to this guy in the store. Do you want to do that? See, and so our, our eventual walking with the Holy Spirit is to say, what are you doing, Dad, Papa? What are you doing? Let's do it together. Can we do it together? And so if we struggle with that idea, if we look at a picture of God and then we look at and listen to what was read and those two are different, then this thing has to go. The part that, that isn't like what you read is based on something that's not true. And, and if that's a picture out of which I live, then I live out of something that is not true. I live out of something that's partially a lie. And the reality is every one of us do that to some extent. None of us have a full enough picture of God the Father out of which we live. And so we have these ungodly beliefs and we live out of our belief system, out of our heart, we move, we speak, we, we live out of, out of what we think is true. And oftentimes the things we think are true are fairly unexamined, especially the emotional things we think are true. We haven't really thought those through and said, wait, are you really like, is this really what you're like? And so oftentimes when we look at a picture of, of God the Father, it's real easy to just look right back at dad and go, ah, uh-huh, or so, something here. And so these then, going back to the root causes of why our picture of Father God is, is incongruent with that picture that we laid out, we need to deal with those things. God, God would say, look, can we get rid of those things in the marketplace that, that keep you from just staying with me all the time? Why do you ever leave? And so there are some ways to do that. And then uh, this isn't an advertisement, but in the next... 15 week period, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about these things, but I wanted to list them just because I, I knew some of you would be touched by this. Maybe all of us were touched by it. Maybe there's a particular verse where you went, no, that's like, no, that, is that in there? You know, it's like, are you kidding me? Is he really that good? And, and so we can say, and so now Holy Spirit comes along and says to us, I'll, I'll be glad to help you overcome the things that keep you and Father separated. I'll be glad to help you do. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you overcome those things. That's one of the things that I do. If by the Spirit between death the deeds of the flesh, if by the Spirit between the death places of unbelief, we'll live. And so the Holy Spirit says, I can help you. And that's not this mysterious, I'll get a dream in the night kind of thing. No, it's, it's, it's really a real practical thing where, where we just say, so Holy Spirit, why do I believe this? This thing that's not congruent, why do I believe this thing? Will you show me where it started or, or why it's still here? Where did it come from? And just like when, when we, we have people stand up here and we say, okay, look at them and ask Holy Spirit, we can ask Holy Spirit about ourselves and about what's going on in our lives. And so we can say, Holy Spirit, why? Why does, why does that even offend me? Or why do I think God is this way? Why is my picture of Father God this? And I'll, I'll, most of the time you go, oh, 
hadn't thought about that in years. <laughs> it's like a classic reason. I haven't thought about this memory in years. I hadn't thought about that picture in years or this thing in years. And then Holy Spirit gives us the tools to deal with that. And we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. But typically it's how do I actually forgive? We always start with forgiveness because forgiveness unhooks the connection that's dragging us around. It just does. And we always have to start with unforgiveness. We don't know how to forgive very well. Forgiveness always has three parts to it. Um, part one is count, and we'll, we'll go back over this some other time, but count up the debt that was owed. So often we'll have people just close their eyes and just say, talk to your dad like Stanner. Dad, you owed me counsel. Dad, you owed me providing for me. Dad, you owed me and just go down the list of the debt, because forgiveness is, first of all, forgiving debt. But if you don't know what you're forgiving, you can't just, oh, I forgive you, because what are you forgiving? Until you feel it and know it and sense it, you can't forgive it. You just can't. You can't forgive it effectively, because forgiveness has to come from the heart, and the heart is primarily an emotional organ. And until we, until we sense it, we can't forgive it. So counting up the debt is number one. Number two is removing and forgiving it. Say, I cancel that debt. Number two about forgiveness is saying, and I don't judge you, Dad, why you did this. Because if we judge, we'll be judged. And so we give up our right to judge because we're not omniscient. You know, when I heard uh, this, when I heard the story of my dad's life from his brother, I was like, and he survived? Oh my gosh. So he had just horrible stuff go on with, with him. And I thought, so he like made it halfway back. I mean, this is miraculous. And, and I was judging him until then. Well, I've learned we can never judge because we never know. And so we say, God, I give you judgment and I ask for mercy for the person. But I give you judgment and I repent of any places I've judged. That's number two. Number three is you have legitimate needs that weren't met. And the end of forgiveness is saying, God, would you meet those needs? Would it, you, we just say, would it be okay? So we say, God, and if we're scared about Father God, talk to Jesus. He's always good. He's always good in a fight. So it's like your brother's always good. Oh, you need help? Yeah, brother's here. Come on. And so you just say, Jesus, would it be okay if you met those needs? Is there anything you want to show me? And often people just they're just on the floor weeping because they, they see, they feel what Jesus' longing is in that place in their life. And that's just, it's crazy. Anyway, it's just crazy. It's crazy fun when we just interact with Holy Spirit that way. It gets crazy good, crazy effective. Uh, two minutes. Um, so I am going to do this last thing in less than two minutes. Um, I have some books here that I'm going to set out. Um, <clears throat> so there are ways that we can practice God's presence. There are other tools that we can practice God's presence. Um, this is my favorite book of all time. This and the normal Christian life were appended to Revelation, and then it's Jean de Goyan and Watchman Nee. Um, Experiencing the Deaths of Jesus Christ. This book was banned in the 13th century. She was imprisoned because of this book. And in this book, she just... She just very matter-of-factly takes something that might be theoretical and says, well, this is how I do it. And she just lays out her steps of connecting with God. And you go, oh, that's so cool. 
Okay, I'll do it. Um, Brother Lawrence was a monk who would be on his knees scrubbing and connecting with Holy Spirit. Pretty amazing story. The guy, people would come from all over to scrub floors with him because they would connect with God somehow. Um, amazing guy. This is a Baptist book that has swept Baptist churches called Experiencing God um, back in the 90s. Um, and it, it helped tons of people connect with God. And basically he says, if you, if you see a need, you see somebody with a coupon, that is God's invitation to join him. When you see a need, that is the invitation to join him. And so I'm going to leave these up here. Um, and I'm going to leave that up there so that you can um, look at those things. But, um, but my goal is let's, let's do things that bring us into the presence of God. Let's practice things that bring us into the presence of God. So the things I we showed you today was this sort of prophetic thing that we did. Um, you can do that exercise this way. Okay? This is a really fun way to do it. Instead of asking for another person, ask for yourself. Let's close your eyes and just get still before God. Ask Jesus to come close to you. Say, Jesus, we all say, would it be okay? Jesus, would it be okay if we came close? Uh, I've had non-believers go, this is weird. You know, <laughs> this is weird. Okay, I'm, I'm like sensing a presence. Okay, well, what does it feel like? It feels really good. Thing is, Jesus, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, if you did, would you think he believes in you? Probably. You know, I mean, I had just crazy stuff like that. Because when we ask Jesus to be near, he goes, yeah. Yeah, he's always near, but we sense his his presence is manifest. Yes, would you come close to me? And when you see him, hear him, sense him, say, Jesus, what is one thing you love about me? And just stop. Just stop. I did this yesterday because I typed it. I said I should do it again. And so I did that. And I said, Jesus, what's what? And I had never thought about this. But he said, um, you try to choose the right thing even when you mess up. He said, I like that about you. That, that you like operate on principle, not on, on circumstance. And so no matter where you are, you try to choose the right thing. And it's made a lot of enemies in your life, but I like that about you. And I'm like, huh. You know, and it, that had just never dawned on me before. And I told my wife, she goes, well, duh. <laughs> it's like, duh. But it takes, and so you'll be surprised at what you hear. <clears throat> Oftentimes it'll be something you secretly knew about yourself, but kind of afraid to even recognize. So let's ask him questions. Let's interact with him and, and just see what happens. Just, we're not going to append it to the Bible because it's scripture. We're just going to hold it and cherish it. Just like when the angel appeared to Mary, it says, <clears throat> and then she had these experiences with Jesus that she treasured all those things in her heart. That's what we do. We treasure our encounters with Jesus. Is that all pretty clear? Okay, these are just sort of modern day practices of us learning how to connect with God in a way that's accessible, in a way that's easy, um, in a way that's a little scary. Any questions? Any last thoughts? I'll, I'll be standing up here putting stuff away. So bless you, Holy Spirit. Anything you said, let it go deep in hearts. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't take that slide there. Thank you.